take my hand. Now, open your mind to me. Please. Open your mind. Open your mind. Open your mind. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6 when there isn't uh, Bulldog Sports in the way. There's a basketball game on tonight. Pre-game show starts at 7.35, but I'm on till 6. And we are in the midst of a very high-level discussion about what the real what I've heard called straight power concepts, the real power play that's going on in the world. And before the break, Ray called and and said, this is nothing new. This is the pattern of history and that great powers will use any resources they need or want to to achieve their goals, even if they abandon those people or allies or whatever later. Now, I'm going to carry that forward and say that the goals of the great powers have been uh, also for um, hundreds of years really nothing short of controlling the world and its resources. And I had a, and you can see that because what they talk about is the real like intellectual types. I listened to this thing called Conversations with History. It's a Berkeley professor talks to these guys who, of course, I think are like the evil power brokers in the world, and he thinks they're just think tankers, you know, but the truth comes out that way because he's friendly. And what they talk about is that um, there's nobody really capable of running the whole world right now, that we're that the most you can hope for is a, to be a regional hegemon. A hegemon is like the, the head honcho, the guy who's in charge. So the United States is a regional hegemon, and so is Russia and China. And what we want is to be the most powerful in our peer group. That's our peer group. And then after that, to control secondary regions. And the really important secondary regions are coincidentally what's called uh, the arc of crisis, where there's always something wrong. And it's like from North Africa through the Middle East to Central Asia. That's where the, the energy resources are. So, of course, that's the focus. But uh, to take it... Um, so the origin of this, I thought was totally fascinating. I read this book on JFK by J. Fletcher Prouty, who was a big intelligence guy for decades. And he wrote this book. He wasn't CIA, so he didn't have like confidentiality. He wrote this book and weirdly starts out the JFK book with saying the original, this all started with Magellan. <laughs> Once Magellan circumnavigated the globe, the great powers saw, not that the earth was round, they knew that, but that it was finite it was it was really uh comprehensible comprehensible what the layout was and that it could be conquered it could be owned it could be divided up even if they were willing to share and that uh they did set out to do that and they did colonization even mission work i hate to say as a catholic supposedly is co-opted into that process but this is a process that will never be completed like you have to continually uh, change your tactics and methods in order to keep control of the resources, the peoples, the lands that you need in order to maintain this level of power at the top. So that's that's what I believe that's true. I think that's real. And uh, and I put these things in my mind and then I look at the world and if it fits, 
I keep it until it doesn't fit anymore, and then I dig again. But to bring that to the here and now, I read some quotes earlier about radical Islam and how we've used it in the Middle East and Central Asia. But now, so now are we in a war with ISIS, just one off like that? I would say no, that ISIS is one of our tools that we kind of fight it and uh, uh, foster it at the same time. But how does that relate to what we're really asking for in the Middle East as far as uh, bombing in Syria? Egypt has asked us to help them bomb Libya, help them even put down their own uprisings. And all the things we're doing in Afghanistan, Iraq, what's it all about? I found this quote in a book called Dollars for Terror I mentioned earlier by Oded Yinan, who was the fa- in the foreign ministry of Israel. This quote, I think it's from 1982, so it's pretty old, but it applies. He said, breaking up Lebanon into five provinces precedes the fate that awaits the entire Arab world, including Egypt, Syria, Iraq, and the entire Arab Peninsula. In Lebanon, it's already an accomplished fact. As a matter of fact, this is me talking, uh, they call it Lebanonization. Condi Rice has said that. I think Kissinger says that or Balkanization. Um, He goes on to say, the disintegration of Syria and Iraq. That's ISIS, right? The the Syria and Iraq into ethnically or religiously homogenous provinces like Lebanon is Israel's top priority in the long run on its eastern front. In the short run, the objective is the military dissolution of these states. Syria will be divided into several states according to the ethnic communities. This will guarantee peace and security in the area in the long run. And that is an objective that is now within our reach. Now, people do that. That kind of stuff is what people think that Israel is really behind everything. I personally think that it's an international power elite from Israel to the United Kingdom to the United States and kind of everything in between that uh, that uh, that the people in the power elite transcend any kind of patriotism to the people of the countries they come from. I don't think that, but I think it lays out. Uh, I think it lays out what's really going on. What are we trying to do? We're trying to spr- splinter these countries so no no secular Arab leader can be a source of strength, a source of resistance to our goals. That's why you take out Gaddafi. That's why you take out Hussein. That's why we're trying to take out Assad. Not because we think we'll have less of a terrorism problem. We won't. We have more of a terrorism problem when we take out the guys who lock the terrorists up. And I think that's pretty obvious now that I put the pieces together. I think if you put that framework in your mind and look around at events, then things are going to start making more sense than they make now. So give that some thought. If you want to call 800-WSB-TALK, uh, I'm going to go to Deanne. Hi, Deanne and Sandy Springs. You're on with Monica. How are you doing? Hi. I, um, oh, I don't know what to say. After Sorry. I know you've been on hold. So if it changed the topic, that's okay. Yeah, you can go back. Yeah, I I'm I just have little grains of sand. Well, you were saying you said to the screener you wanted to talk about the fact that, that Egypt has yeah. asked for our help not only in bombing Libya but in taking care of its own problem. Egypt all this happened this week, uh, the beginning of the week, both Egypt and Jordan begged the United States for intelligence help, you know, military intelligence help, and the U.S. refused, and no explanation, you know, was given. And the second thing that happened is um, then 
The Pentagon came out and announced to the world this big war that we were going to have in April or May, you know, that they were going to start this big war. And they were, I'd never heard of such a thing, a country announcing ahead of time to the enemy, you know, you know. So what do you think is really going on? What? What do you think is really going on? I don't know. And then yesterday, the um, Obama administration announces it's changed its mind and it's not going to leave Afghanistan. Yeah, I just heard that on the news. Ashton Carter is the new Secretary of Defense, and I and that guy is going to be a hawk. I'm telling you, buckle your seatbelt because things are going to get ugly. But it's like these, you know, 15, 20 balls are being juggled in the air simultaneously. And, uh, you know, the Amer- at least the American citizen that I can relate to, you know, uh, we're, our heads are spinning. Well, I think that's part of it. I mean, I think that they're trying mm-hmm. to confuse us so that we don't really know what's going on. That's why I insist that my narratives hang together. That's all I'm asking. I mean, you can have all this evidence. I just saw a report on CNN just now that said ISIS has uh, jillions of American weapons. <laughs> they just found them. They took over some Iraqi thing. Maybe that's true. Maybe our the, that we just gave a lot, a lot of weapons to the Iraqis who really, really could not handle it. And now ISIS has all those weapons. But... There are a lot of reports that we've been supplying these Syrian moderate rebels from which ISIS sprang. And there are even reports, you can find some of these articles on my website, monicapressure.com. There are even reports that people have witnessed American uh, uh, airdrops directly to ISIS. I mean, it's just crazy. I don't know if you can believe that. I have a list of like 25 articles Look at them. Tell you know, Evaluate it for yourself because you're right. Your head will spin if you try to keep up with what's in the media. And I think it's on purpose. I think that the mainstream media never seems to dig into these stories, report stuff, never takes it back if it's not right. Never. I mean, I've seen them report things that happen right where they were and then take it back. Like, oh, uh, that didn't really happen that way. It's like I was watching it, <laughs> and it did happen that way. And someone told you to take it back. Like, it's I definitely smell a rat with all these constant stories that never, ever have details or evidence or anything like that. So go to my website and look and, and see if you can make sense of what's really going on. Uh, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, you can tweet at me at Monica Perez show and I'm going to Bob after the break. He smells a rat and uh, I want to I want to know what the nature of that rat is uh, right after the break. Check back off of this weekend for Kirk Mellish forecast updates and plan to join us Monday for Atlanta's morning news. Team coverage traffic updates every six minutes begin at 430 a.m. When you start the new week with WSB. This is Monica Perez, and I got to set the record straight. I just got an email from TJ. I guess I got the uh, the second coming wrong. So just about me, I, my parents and my children are all more Catholic than I am, and my husband even converted to Catholicism. I limp along, I go to church, I do my best, but I don't know everything I should know. So this guy, um, TJ, thank you, could be a girl. 
uh, wrote to me, somebody said that the Christ is coming back, like that the signs are here. And I thought maybe you had a thousand years of peace before. I thought you knew when Christ was coming. But TJ tells me the thousand years of peace come after the return of Christ and that there are seven years of tribulation between the rapture and the return of Christ. So I don't know about that stuff. I never go in for the prophecy thing because I look at uh, my own uh, principles, if I use my principles as a touchstone always and never get like pragmatic, well, we should do this because it'll be good for me. I feel like I'm good. <laughs> like that's, that is my standard. I actually call it the St. Peter test. If you can explain it to St. Peter, you're good. <laughs> and, uh, and that's, I, I mean, I, like I said, I'm the bare minimum anyway, but I want to know, uh, I want to get to Bob in Atlanta. Bob, you're on with Monica. Hi, how are you doing, Ms. Monica? Good. How are you doing? Pretty good. I think what, uh, is it TJ? TJ, yeah. Yeah, what he needs to understand is if these people conspire on the military level and the educational level, surely they might conspire on the spiritual level also. So waiting for the return, you know, I think he might need to do a little bit more. Uh, they manipulate, yeah, they manipulate what they know you already believe. But hey, I want to hear what you told the screener about the pilot. Yeah. We Unfortunately, yeah, I, I got to take another break. You know, what, what I wanted to do with the, about the pilot was that traditionally in the Islamic world, there's never been a practice of burning people as a punishment. Yes, Muhammad forbade it. He said only the devil yeah. does that. That's right. So what happens is I'm agreeing and supporting your premise that they wanted to create an atmosphere of, of, of uh, uh, excitement and anger. And what better way can you do it than to put a human being in a cage and then present him to the world? And then it and would now, really make that's right. actual Muslims, that's the right. ones who they call those guys takfiri, which are like uh, heretics. Mm -hmm. yeah. It would make real Muslims super mad. That's that correct. The, so then everybody's in a, a fury. That's very uh -oh. interesting. In an, in an uproar. And then also, how coincidental is it that the spokesmen for these executions are Europeans or have European accents? I know. And then you know I, I, mean? I think that that's right. They act like, oh, we should be afraid they're getting our people. But you could think of it the other way. It's like, why are they from here? <laughs> like, is it is it real? Like, what's really going on here? There are too many weird stories. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's BS. I'm not saying people aren't getting hurt or killed. What I'm saying is before we have a huge war, we need to know what's really going on. And these people who have all the surveillance and all the money and everything like that need to explain it to us in a way that we can understand because we have to consent to it with our money and our, our children's lives and our moral right to defense, which is where they get the right to go blow other people up. So there are questions. We need answers. This is Monica Perez. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 every Saturday from 3 to 6, normally, unless there's Bulldog Sports and there is a basketball game on tonight. Pre-game show starts at 7.35, but I am on till 6. We are wrapping it up, talking about really what's the war, the war Obama is asking for in the Middle East. It has no geographical limits. Is it really because he thinks that... Uh, that ISIS is the beginning and the end of the threat, I kind of smell a rat with that because uh, our real goal had been 
to remove Gaddafi and Assad from power. We started both of those actions in March 2011. It only took us till October to get rid of Gaddafi. Assad's people, actually the Syrian people, learned a little something from the Libya experience and, and have not given up. So there's a civil war there. And my argument is, I think that it's crazy to take out Assad. Look what's happening in Libya. The floodgates of Al-Qaeda opened into North Africa. Assad said, and I think it's true, the same will happen, but up towards Europe. Look at the map. Syria borders Turkey. Turkey is the gateway to Europe. You're going to have problems if you take that guy out, and we have no right to be in there. So that that theme is, um, I that's what makes me kind of smell a rat that ISIS is the point here. Also, when ISIS popped up in Libya, it totally converged in timing with a couple of shows I did earlier in the month that Hillary, all of a sudden there were Washington Times articles that Hillary was 100% to blame for Libya. It was a complete mistake. We leveled that country. We totally destroyed it. There was no humanitarian crisis. We wrecked that country. And I couldn't figure out why they would throw that out there. It wasn't all over Fox. They didn't do it as an October surprise if she's running for president. They just threw it out there. And I figured out, and I said it on the air, I think they want to make it crystal clear that we created that problem in Libya to justify us invading it as if we have a moral obligation to invade it. Then this week, Egypt, in response to the ISIS video, bombs Libya. But my feeling is... That the reason he did it is not in a genuine fight against ISIS, but because Libya has two governments. The one we recognize and the stronger one in Tripoli, which is the capital, that is gaining strength and engaging in the oil trade along the coast. So what we can't have, we can have chaos and we can have puppets, but we can't have an opposition government that has power and can sell energy oil to China, for example. So I am just saying, watch as the Libyan story emerges. They're going to say they're, they're bombing radical strongholds, but I think it's the same thing that's happening in Syria. They don't actually bomb radical strongholds. They bomb strategically important infrastructure elements, other things that will weaken the governments they don't like. And, and by they, I mean the Western power base. I'm not saying the Russian power base or the Chinese power base is, is somehow morally superior, but I'm just telling you what I think is really going on there and to look out for this Libya story as it emerges, because I think the authorization to use force is going to spread basically from Afghanistan through Iraq to Syria to Libya to any place they want to reshape the Middle East. And uh, and the rest of uh, of it I will leave up to you. I'm going to start. Uh, I'm going to take some calls. I'm going to Dan. Dan, you are on with Monica. Dan, you Thank ready? Thank you. I'm there? Yep. You here? Okay. Uh, take a look at this book. Um, I'm a Quigley supporter. He was one, one of my teachers. Carol Quigley? Oh, yeah. Okay, time out. Carol Quigley, people might not know that Carol Quigley wrote a book called Tragedy and Hope. He was a mentor of Bill Clinton, and what he did was expose the power elite, and he did it because he admired them and liked the way they were structuring the world, and it sounds like you agree. Yes. Okay. But there's two things about this book. One is read the introduction, the start of the book, when he starts talking about all the things that uh, 
Um, I've read I've read the book. I read the book, and in the beginning, he talks about. Uh, the uh, about the nature of civilization, about the competing civilizations. He talks about the fact that if you really want to change a culture, you have to disconnect children from parents. His book, it's uh, very interesting. No, you talk about the introduction of the differences of all the. Um, I'm sorry, uh, Dan. I'm losing you. I'm I'm losing you. I'm going to have to move on. I'm going to Lisa in Athens. Lisa, you're on with Monica. Hey, I I think your points are valid. I think I'm a libertarian as well. But if we could move on from ISIS, we all agree it's a, distra- a distraction on your show. And but what I think is happening is I think the real issues are the economy and the environment. And I think we are distracted by war. And I think that uh, sports, we're hyper-focused on sports instead of education, but what what is interesting that's happening is the new generation that is coming along, I think they're totally disconnecting. I think they're, you know, getting, they're, they're doing their own thing with apps, getting taxis and, you know, places to stay and places to eat, and um, I just think it's going to be interesting in the years to come to see how the establishment deals with the new generation, because I think they've internalized all these things over the years. Another thing I think is that we are trying, that there's, I don't know whether it's a purposeful or not effort to kind of dull our young people um, with technology, bad food, vaccinations. <laughs> I just feel like that we are um, trying to create a, um, a generation that doesn't think too hard about anything. We don't need too many big thinkers. Um, yes, I, I, I think all that's right. And what do you think the end game is? I mean, I'm middle-aged, so I just kind of sit here just kind of bemused and interested and just kind of watching it play out. I think that increasingly people, in spite of the government, are going to become more independent. They're going to get solar panels. If they're smart, they'll grow a garden. You know, I got to tell you, but with Obamacare, for example, there is no way to step off the grid. You always have to be registered. You have to engage in the financial transactions now. I I feel like it's, and and with the surveillance, I mean, there is absolutely positively no way to remove yourself from the grid, I think. I think it's a nice idea, but I think it's too late for those kids. That's why they don't really have to control their minds, because they're going to have total control. Their motto is knowledge is power. It's the motto of the surveillance state of the United States. Well, I think think we've all given up on privacy. But I think that... um I think the young people, they just don't care. They get tattoos. They get body piercings. They're not part of the establishment. They're not, you know, they're increasingly they're dropping out of religion. They're doing their own things, you know, yoga and acupuncture, massage. Yeah, but I think that they're that they're marginalized like that. They're kind of warehoused so that they're not a problem for the establishment. What you don't want is like a Ron Paul. What they don't want is a Ron Paul revolution where kids, young people are like, wow, economics there's another take on this man and the fed like they don't want that at all they want people to be kind of um plugged into the matrix well i okay perhaps but i thought that they were a very quiet ah shoot i lost (laughs) i lost lisa but i get the point i understand that 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 the main I think it's a problem, and I think it goes to this tragedy and hope idea that I mentioned just a second ago. 
disconnecting the next generation from the values of the culture. And what I'm talking about is the American values of individualism. You can think of it any way you want. You can be against welfare or you can want a safety net. I don't care. But the idea of individualism is fundamentally American enlightenment stuff that we got from our founders. And that's at odds with the collectivist goals of the power elite. And in order to bring the whole world to heal, the American people have to stop defending the Bill of Rights because that's what stands between us and like the UN being a real government with the ability to tax and enforce laws. So the only way they can do that is to disconnect our children from us. And I think they do it in a lot of different ways by undermining education, by undermining, I, I, I'm a libertarian, immigration in principle, I'm fine with it. Free trade, I'm fine with it. But I know that they're using these mechanisms, even the drug war. I don't want the drug war. I want legal drugs. I want it to be nobody's business. But I know that they use these things, drugging up kids, sending them to college where they get indoctrinated, having immigrant kids come, uh, welfare that disconnects parents uh, from each other, from the kids, are all ways to disconnect the kids from the culture and then they will in turn not understand that they have to defend these values to the death. So maybe it doesn't even matter what, where the next war comes from because we're not going to save the people, uh, the American system from within. I don't know. But I'm going to go to David in Norcross next. Hi, David. You're on with Monica. Yeah, hi. The last caller said we've all given up on privacy. Once you get <laughs> to that point, it is no longer we the people. It is we the sheeple. I mean, we're living in this intrusive, invasive police state. You're surveilled everywhere you go. Uh, the police are glorified no matter what they do. And where they're telling us that you have to give up freedom so you can be more safe. And when in reality, they're making you less safe when you give up freedoms. Well, when you're surveilled everywhere you go, and when you're under sort of the thumb and the control of the police state, do you regard that as something that, that makes you more safe? And you're disarmed. If a SWAT team comes in at four in the morning and kills you by accident because you're there with your own gun, I don't even want a gun in my house for that reason. And speaking of guns, uh, those black boxes that they have on the back of police cars now, uh, I heard a report that they were you know, they're able to go down a line of cars, you know, without running the plate and be able to get all the info just like that. Like in a second. Been, uh, uh, they've been doing that outside of gun shows and outside of gun shops and ammo shops so they can, uh, they can detect wow. the people... That are that are you know exercising their Second Amendment rights. Uh, these crises are used to mold the views of what have become uh, basically the sheeple that have become irrelevant. This is not what the founding fathers had. No, I agree with you totally. I got to cut to a break, but we're going to wrap it up after this. This is Monica Perez. Breaking news, weather, and traffic updates all weekend on WSB, the WSB radio app. And join us first thing Monday morning for Kirk Mellish's updated five-day forecast when the cold rain is coming and when we might get more snow on WSB. This is Monica Perez. We're wrapping it up. Uh, just a note on the last couple of callers, Lisa and David. Lisa had made the comment, which David pointed out, we've all given up on privacy. And I had missed that. But when Edward Snowden came out, I said, man, something doesn't smell right with this guy. I think he's here to get us used to the idea that privacy is a thing of the past. And people, libertarians, everybody went nuts on me. Why don't you shouldn't undermine Edward Snowden? I don't know. If we've given up on privacy, I think that that story sounds right. But anyway, I have uh, time for one more call. I'm going to Todd. Todd, you're on with Monica. Monica, great to talk to you. I know time is short. I'll go real quick. We can't see the forest because of all the trees. And 
quickly I'd like to follow the money down the rabbit hole. You know, today is an important date in American history that nobody realizes. 144 years ago today, the U.S. became a corporation. That's the, the gist of what happened with the Act of 1871. The Fed was created uh, in December of, of, two, of, of, of uh, 2013. I mean, uh, 1913. Yeah. And, and at that point, England uh, and the bankers and all that, they owned us again. And maybe, you know, uh, we are a bankrupt corporation, and our owners, all, all these bloodlines in the New World Order and, and all these families, the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, they own us. And maybe Obama happily is just following orders. I've seen what you're talking about online, and I've never really completely gotten it. If you would, if you have one great source for what you're talking about, how America became a corporation, if you would email it to me, I'll post it on my website. I'll post it on my um, Facebook page because I want to understand it. I want people to understand it. Um, the that there is definitely something going on. I think sometimes saying like the income tax is illegal or we're a corporation, it misses the big picture, which is the power leads after something. And we're really their slaves until we wake up. No matter how they've structured it, if we don't wake up, we'll be their slaves. If we wake up, we can fight back. But this conversation goes on all week long uh, on my Facebook page, on Twitter, at Monica Perez Show. And if you go to my website, MonicaPerezShow.com, you can get podcasts of every show and also link to Facebook and stuff like that. Next week, I'm on 4 to 6. Normally, I'm on from 3 to 6. But uh, I'm going to start right after the basketball game. And that's it. So uh, you can um, email me if you want from MonicaPerezShow.com. And I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>